Welcome back to The Hot Mic with Mike F. and McGowan. This is just going to be a random rant, I think. Um, not falling into any of my normal podcast categories. But this one's called, If You Got a Problem, Yo, I'll Solve It. Check out my hook while the DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. All right, so let's just go back to the beginning of that. Great philosopher once said, If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. All right? I solve problems. It's what I do. All right? So let's, let's take the hardest problems in the country. All right? So I, I believe firmly that 80 to 90% of us can find common ground and agreement on things. I truly believe that. I don't think people on TV and all these radicals on either side are representative. I think it's insane. So I'm here to say that I can find the common ground problems on every single issue. All right? Let's start with a real easy one. Abortion. <laughs> yeah, easy, right? No. So uh, look, I get both sides. I got friends on both sides. I don't treat either one with disrespect, right? Somebody who believes in the sanctity of life begins at like, you know, fertilization of an egg. That is your belief. You were raised that way, potentially. That's a firm belief and you think it's a human life. I respect your opinion, okay? Other people that say it's my body, my choice, and it, you know, it's my life at the end of the day as a woman, I respect that as well. So I respect both sides of the kind of um, argument. And I, I even respect the extremes of both sides, right? That abortion is murder. I respect that perspective. And that, um, you know, it's my body, my choice. I'll do what I want to do, body autonomy until whenever I say. I respect that as well. I think they're both a little extreme on the ends. And that's where I'm going to fix it. So, you know, I've looked at every country in the world. And I, this outrage is, is, first of all, it's insane. I get it. It was 50 years of having a certain... Uh, comfort in place that you didn't have to go out of your way to get an abortion. All right. I get it. Um, to be honest, it was a bad decision a long time ago. Liberals and conservatives all said it. It was activist court, whatever, yada, yada, yada. But because you had 50 years of precedent, you got the outrage. I totally get that too. All right. So all common sense right now. Fine. I know there's emotion, uh, tons of emotion on both sides, but now it's back to the States. It is what it is, right? This is what happens. Supreme court, yada, yada back to the states. So to me, this is so easy. Get your states together. You know, there's a there's a viability state where I believe um, people can find common ground. So all the polls kind of lean towards, you know, abortion. While not loving it, it serves a purpose. Um, it, it, you know, it helps lives in a variety of ways. And, um, you know, it it needs to be available, okay? It's, it's available around the world, needs to be available. If it's not available, it's gonna be even worse. So let's just start with that, all right? So how, how much is it available? What are the rules, right? So when you look at America, we, we are very um, open. We are much looser than most of the world, right? So um, funny, Christina Amanpour, Christiana Amanpour, whatever her name is from CNN, who used to have credibility and now is just a crazy person, which I don't know what happened to all the people. Wolf Blitzer, Bernard Shaw, uh, Christian Amanpour, Britt Hume, all the people I watched on CNN, most of them have gone off the rails. So I don't, I don't know what happens. Is that old age or just getting paid off by somebody to say something? Anyway, so she gets on there and she says that this is the most extreme repressive regime and it's, it's right on CNN, repressive regime she's ever seen, right? And the most rights ever taken away, right? So there's a lot of flaws in that, but I'll just cut to the chase. And then she quotes Sweden and Spain as two countries that are up in arms and, you know, can't believe it and yada, yada. So I look, you know, quick Google, abortion laws in Sweden. Okay. Uh, well, 
it was the death penalty if you got it 200 years ago. So they started at a little bit different place. Um, but, you know, sometime 40 years ago, they settled on, I think it's 12 weeks, right? So up until 12 weeks, legal. After that, not legal unless it's like an extreme situation, mother's health, et cetera, et cetera. So 12 weeks. That's way earlier than most of America. Um, Spain, I believe, is 15. You need two doctors, yada, yada, right? So none of them are, are open to like the eighth month, right? None of them are like, okay, let's, let's spread your legs. Let's uh, inject the brain with a fluid that kills the baby, let's, kills, the, kills the fetus, kills whatever. I don't, I don't care. Kills whatever's inside you. And let's crush the skull and let's squeeze it out and do all that, right? So I know that's not a lot of abortions, but it's legal, right? So that, that's a thing. Um, and yeah, maybe there's only hundreds a year, but it's really a thing. And uh, yeah, that's probably needed in some rare cases where there's a uh, no chance of survival outside of the womb and two doctors have verified that or whatever. Yeah, all good, all good. There's always gonna be exceptions. You know, uh, on most major countries say two doctors kind of have to weigh in that, that yeah, this is really an exception. It's not because the, the baby looks like it's gonna have brown eyes or looks like it has a micro penis or something. I mean, come on. So every civilized country has a viability kind of age date to the fetus. It's settled somewhere in the 15 to 20 week range. Um, I know that's where a lot of states are, uh, reasonable states in America. There's some that are just, you know, no, no rules at all, don't have to get parental permission, don't have to get a doctor slip, doctor doesn't even perform it. I mean, I've learned so much about how loose this is in some states, it's, it's pretty radical. Um, but anyway, neither here nor there. So to me, um, the pro-life movement is gonna have to bite the bullet and say, look, um, there's a date where it's a, it's a living, breathing, can feel pain. Now, the, the challenge is these new studies that are coming out making it earlier and earlier where the viability, um, so it's viability versus is it a life, okay? So viability means it can live if it came out today. So the youngest ever, I believe is 19 or 20 weeks, name of Curtis Means, I believe is one year old now and healthy, came out at like one pound something, but is a healthy, is a healthy one year old now. So that is the world record holder for youngest birth, right? 19 or 20 weeks. So there's your kind of starting off point. It's probably why that's the, the longest range for most you know, civilized countries. So 20 weeks. All right, I'm just going to use that number. I don't really care um, that much about the actual specifics. I'll let doctors weigh on that. So that's viability. So you can go with viability. If, if, a, if a baby is viable and appears healthy and there's no risk of the mom dying, there's no risk of the baby dying, you know what? Um, at that point, you had what is that, five months? You had, a long, you had a long time, right? So you should have taken care of it before that. There's gonna be arguments that some women don't show, some women don't know. Um, you know, to me, you know, you're not having a period, you're not doing, I, I just think they don't hold much weight. Um, I get that some women don't show, but they certainly know that their body's going through something, they're pregnant, whatever, so it seems reasonable, okay? So that seems like a common ground that people would find. Now that's viability. Now the problem is, in the doctor world, um, uh, you know, I think it's six weeks when you can start to see hands, feet, something like that. I might have it wrong. Again, call me out on the blog. You know, correct me where they, they, they kind of did an exercise uh, experiment, whatever, 
where they kind of stuck a pinprick into the fetus and the fetus kind of reacted, right? So felt pain, I believe, is what they're kind of saying that that was. Like there was a reaction to some sort of stimuli um, to the fetus at six weeks. That's really early. It's early for me. I mean, I just was surprised by that. And then um, you have the viability after that. So can feel pain and can react six weeks is very early. So I struggle with that because again, six weeks, people miss their periods, right? You might not know, um, et cetera, et cetera. So to me, somewhere in that middle range is where America is, right? I don't think America likes, um, you know, the crushing of the skull, late-term abortion, partial, I mean, it's like 98% are against, even the pro-choice you know, says, yeah, there's a limit. And I think that's where we are, right? So, um, you know, make it, make it legal, make it available, right? Now, I'm going to give you the, the real problem to be solved. If you got a problem, you all solve it. And this is what it is. So, so that's the common ground where, where I think most states will land with some extremes on both sides. Some deep south, Midwest might say, we're banning it, right? To me, go for it. Ban it. Watch people leave the state or, you know, watch, um, you know, people leave the state to get an abortion or watch people move because they live in an area, right? Like that. Or, you know, religious people, they might say, you know what, I want to live in Missouri or Arkansas because I like their pro-life stance. Let that happen. I have no problem with that. Um, you know, is it inconvenient for poor women, poor families? Um, yeah, yeah, that's the real struggle. So we've got to have a problem. Uh, that's the problem to solve. How do you help those women that can't move from Arkansas? And I'm just using them as an example. That is uh, four weeks in and realizes that they're pregnant and realizes it's going to be, you know, almost impossible to raise a child. Um, doesn't see the benefit of birth has gone through, you know, whatever parental counseling they do in these uh, Planned Parenthood clinics and give them the pros and cons. And it's four weeks. So what do you do for that person? I'm pretty sure there's billions of dollars out there that people would throw at those scenarios. You see all the companies paying $4,000 to go to another state. So to me, that problem can be solved. Um, it can be solved very easily. These companies and these uh, big donors on the Planned Parenthood side would easily um, fund helping poor people. So I think that can be solved. All right, now, now here's, my, here's my second part to the rant. You know, Mike F. and McGowan was, was born in 1970. Mike F. and McGowan, yeah, I say that a lot because it's my new middle name. If you didn't know, it's official. Uh, Mike F. and McGowan was raised in a time where STDs were pretty nasty. Gonorrhea, syphilis, uh, herpes, simplex, A through Z, whatever the heck Tommy Lee gave to Pamela Anderson, uh, hepatitis, uh, and then AIDS, right, in the 80s. Holy shit. So I lived through that right when I was starting to get into the, you know, fornication. Is that what it's called? Fornication game? Yeah, I think that's right. Dream of Californication. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was scared to death. I didn't want to get freaking AIDS. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, not a risk taker. And if I know the rules and what will not give me AIDS and not give me a disease, and it's not that intrusive, I'm going to kind of follow it. So for people born in my era, in my era, not to seem like an old fart, but like here, here were our choices. One, we were told about condoms and how they save your life, right? That you wear a condom, you won't get AIDS. You wear a condom, you won't get somebody pregnant. Yeah, there's an outside chance. It breaks, it leaks, it whatever. 
but you know what? You're not gonna, your, your risk is uh, cut into a millionth, okay? So Mike F. McGowan always wears hat. Just always wears hat, okay? You gotta wear your hat. I was, you know, in dumber, late teens, early 20s, you know, college, wore the hat, okay? Um, I actually was never a one-night stand guy, so I never really had to worry about that drunken one-night stand. I know that pissed off a lot of ladies because they thought they were getting some, and I just, I just couldn't do it. I don't, if I don't know you and I just met you, I'm not sticking in in you. I'm sorry. You might give me AIDS. This is how I felt then. It's kind of how I feel now. Never changed. So we learned about condoms. We learned about how to have a baby, how baby making works, right? So you blow a load inside a woman, there's a chance you're going to have a baby. It's still a low chance. Uh, she got to be ovulating, you got to be this, yeah, but you could have an evil person that just wants to have, have your baby and be going out trying to get a wad blown in. I, I wasn't going to fall for that shit. I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. I'm not going to fall for that banana in the tailpipe. I'm not even going to tell you what that reference from. If you either know it or you don't, and if you don't, Google it. Um, so, yeah, wore a hat, okay? Other thing I did, um, even when I wore a hat, I know this is going to sound ludicrous, um, pull out. How hard is that? You take your penis, you pull it out when you're about to finish, and you jack, jack it off on her stomach, chest, whatever. I mean, like, I mean, that's what we did. Sorry to be graphic, but like that prevents a baby. Yeah. Could a little semen have trickled out? You know, maybe. Yeah. But like, again, this is risk management 101. So you just kind of pull out and uh, finish elsewhere in the condom, yank it off, let it release. Always felt good for me um, to kind of pull it out. But, you know, anyway, not pull it out of her, but like yank it while it's finishing. That was always that always felt better to me, but that's just me. Um, I know some women don't like that. They want you to finish inside. You know what? When it comes to baby making, I'm pulling out. So step one, condom. Step two, pull out. I forgot about abstinence. Abstinence is a thing, but like uh, realistically, it's not really a thing. Um, so, okay. So now a woman also has birth control, right? So there are multiple options for women. What is it called? An IUD, sponges female condom. There's like a million things now. Back then there was like the pill, right? You were on the pill and it was 98% safe and effective, yada, yada. So women have that, um, right? So that prevented it. So uh, women have a role to play if they want to get birth control and not get pregnant. Okay. I realized that that could be expensive. That's part of the solution. Make that inexpensive or free, whatever that is. Um, so that was another option. Uh, with was birth control, all right? So now, these are the things we did in the 90s and 80s to not have babies. Um, you know, abortion was like a last resort. It wasn't really talked about much. It was pretty, you know, I don't want to say looked down upon, but you didn't like brag about it. You know, like people are now, it wasn't like a matter of fact conversation. It was very hush-hush. You did it on the down low. I think it was like 500 bucks and um, I had a couple of friends that went through it and, um, you know, not, nobody was proud of that. And, and, you know, everybody kind of learned from that cause it was such a serious thing. Um, and I don't think it's good for the female body to be going through that trauma of an abortion anyway, but it was a, it was a last, last resort, but it was never happening late in the game. Not to my knowledge, unless, you know, it was like a, uh, feasibility of birth not happening or something like that. So anyway, you know, what, what happened to people being responsible? Like, at what point did people move away from those options to say that I'm going to bang a chick or I'm going to get banged as a chick? 
let the guy blow a load on me or I'm going to blow a load in them. And I'm not talking about rape and incest and a lot of those forced situations. We'll get into that. But like in a normal scenario, the man and the woman have so many choices to not have a pregnancy, right? At some point, people just started blowing loads in people and thinking that there was no repercussions, right? That that was like a safe thing to do. Like there's, there's like, don't worry about it. Like when, like I worried the shit about it. Like when, when did it go from so conservative and smart to so reckless? That's just a commentary. But after 20, 30 years, I mean, people just don't even think about it anymore. I, the amount of, I don't think I, 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 I have most of my friends in twenties and thirties. I think most of them had an abortion. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Um, no offense to you all, but like to me, you, you had option, my era, again, my era. And now the new era, it's like, it doesn't think about condom, doesn't think about the birth control, doesn't think about pulling out. It just does what it does. And then uh, we'll just get the morning after pill is kind of the new thing. Right. So getting into the solutioning. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's been a dramatic shift of responsibility and people taking accountability for their actions. So to me, when people are freaking out about this, Every woman had choices. Every man had choices. I'm not going to get into the fringes just yet on rape, incest, your uncle banging you. You know, that's, that's a different conversation. Okay. This is just man and woman deciding to have sex and have a baby or, or possibly get pregnant. Um, so you, you have choices before it. So start using them, people. Stop being such bitches um, and use the options that are available to you because it, it is kind of... It's not, nobody likes to talk about abortion. Nobody likes, even when you get one, nobody's like proud of it. It's kind of gross, right? So why don't you just prevent it and go back to like being a responsible adult, all right? Anyway, so now um, what's going to solve it? So the poor people across state lines, you know, to me, um, I, I think the morning after pill is a viable solution to meet in the middle to me, if that became available, as available as condoms are, which means you can go to a clinic and get them for free. You can get them free at school, free at church, free at whatever, right? Where they give away condoms so you don't get AIDS or, or get pregnant. You make that the morning after pill. I understand there's generics and it can be very cheap, right? So I'm, I'm okay giving the morning after pill for free to everybody who wants it, right? So if you want it, you got it, and you have, uh, you have sex and you take the morning after pill after you have sex and get a load blown in you. Hopefully that's not a nightly occurrence and hopefully you use some of the other methods of pulling out or a condom or whatever, um, or you start using birth control like a normal one, because I think they're a lot safer and not as damaging to the female body as they were back in the eighties and nineties. So, you know, maybe over time you use one of those, but if you have sex, take the morning after pill, the morning after it, it doesn't seem like that's an inconvenience it seems like the pro-life argument is gonna be down to that now, was the egg fertilized or not? I, I don't know the specifics on the morning after pill, if it prevents it from getting fertilized or if it kills it after it's fertilized or whatever. I just know that that seems reasonable, okay? As one of the best um, options to meet in the middle. Um, it doesn't have the graphic nature of a fetus, doesn't have a crushing skull, it's not 20 weeks in. Um, you know, all those nasty things that we like to fight about, you know, why not make that just really very well, you know, easy to get? Is that going to be that hard with the billions we're spending around the world in Ukraine and China and all these freaking places, Russia, whatever? 
morning after pill done done give it to every woman who wants it tomorrow <laughs> it would probably be really cheaper give it to the men if to, to give it to the women i don't know just seriously like why can't that be the new way i i don't love it because i think it takes away the responsibility but to me it's it's a logical middle ground extension where people can be comfortable now you don't have to talk about viability or pain of the fetus so what's wrong with that right what, why can't that be the solution to make that readily available I know there's probably not a lot of money in the pharmaceutical industry for that. There's going to be all these lobbies against it. You know, I think Planned Parenthood makes a lot of money on abortion, so they're going to have to bite the bullet. Like, to me, everybody needs to shut up and just settle down and say, that seems reasonable. Let's go back to some education to people, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I think that, you know, if you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. To me, done. You're welcome. Mike F. and McGowan. Just put my name on it. This little credit. Let's talk about the other hard place, which is rape and incense. In incense, as I'm looking at incense in my, in my studio, incest, uh, all the nasty ones, right? Forced, forced sex, whatever. You still have the morning after pill, right? Same thing applies, but you know maybe there's an abusive relationship and the guy watches her. You know, come up with your fringest scenario. Of I think the one the other day was a 12 year old gets raped by their brother and gets pregnant and doesn't know, right? It's one of those extremes, but this was on the news, doesn't know until four months. What do you do there? You got to make an exception. All right, whatever. Yeah, you, you prove that shit. You got doctors saying yeah, whatever. Um, I will argue to you that if you are raped or there's incest or whatever, there's a bigger problem, right? So you need to go to the freaking police. Um, so, and then you need to have that aborted right away with a morning after pill. So I think the guy defending the, the side of pro-life was saying, you tell me for two months, you don't know you were raped. You don't know you had, there was an incest rape. You don't know that you're pregnant. You don't know something catastrophic like that happened. Um, well, maybe you're 12, right? And you don't really understand how it works. I mean, you come up with all these scenarios. I don't know if you can ovulate at 12, whatever. But these are the, these are the fringes that people sink their teeth on to win the argument. And I'm not buying it. Right. So, yes, these things happen. Yes, there are abusive relationships. Yes, these are all very real. They are on the fringes. They are minimal and they are um, solvable with uh, police, with morning after pills. Um, I, I want to hear the fringe cases. Right. Um, and then, you know what? I'm OK with exceptions. So at the end of the day, I'm going to get in your face and say, you don't know you're pregnant for four months after you just had, you know, uh, you know, sex or you were raped or whatever. Look, there's a lot of trauma there. I'm not making light of all these things. I'm just saying stop using the one or two fringe cases to win your argument and let's meet in the middle people, right? So yeah, rape, incest, uh, the health of the mother, all these things need to be exceptions, not the rule, okay? But there's still exceptions. Yeah, pro-life, get over it. Um, there need to be exceptions and, uh, the normal world, this goes in front of two doctors and they, uh, and they make a sound decision and end scene. Right. So, um, you know, I, I don't like the idea of forced birth and I don't know how that, how prevalent that is. I, I get that thrown around a lot, the forced birth thing. I I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Right. I know like not have, not having the availability of abortion after carrying it to term and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, abortion, abortion, I mean, uh, Adoption is a real thing. Um, there's not enough healthy adoptable babies. Uh, having somebody who went through the adoption process, it sucks. 
you can get a healthy baby if you want to pay 35 to 40K. Uh, it's probably double that now. Um, if you want to help, uh, have a baby that's got deformities, that's for free. If you want to foster a child that's a fire starter, that's for free. So, um, yeah, there's, there's flaws in that process, but I think the Catholic Church and churches would need to step up and say, we are going to take care of these unwanted babies because they're mothers, you know, and we're going to, and we're going to, because we believe in pro-life, we're going to take real care of them, not the way they are now. I don't think the system's very good now. That needs to happen too. So all these things are part of the solution. Um, but, you know, exceptions need to be able to be made and they need to be able to be made in a very reasonable and sound way and not just available eight and a half month, make a call. I'm going to pry the baby out. That's not acceptable unless there's a real reason for it. So good. I mean, common ground, uh, a plenty. I know people are listening to this already tuned out because they're emotional and they say, shut the fuck up. It's my body. You know what? Um, at some point, I think there's a fair argument that it is your body and there, there's another body inside you and that's kind of how it works. And it could live on its own today. And you're choosing to end that, that, that seems extreme. And I think that needs to be reined back in, um, by this crazy movement. And I think that is actually where 80% of the people are. Um, so I'm a common ground guy common sense guy. This has been Mike F. McGowan on the hot mic and uh, have a great day.